and welcome back to another episode of 3030 and Surviving. It is Tracy. New episodes drop every Monday at 9 a.m. And when I say every Monday, I know some of you are going to yell at me because there hasn't been every Monday in the last couple of weeks. I apologize. I'm getting back in the rhythm and we're, we're working on it. We're going to fix that, okay? Um, but when they do come out Mondays at 9 a.m., you can find them on Apple, iHeart, Spotify, and we have some clips on YouTube, of course, as well. Everything going on with the show is on Instagram at 3030surviving and also on tickety talk as well if that's your thing um I have a guest with me today of course as always and I have been so excited to chat with her it's been a, it's been a long time coming <laughs> it's been a journey. part of those uh, no episodes coming out was a little bit of my um, miscommunication style so I apologize but we're here and that's all that matters she is her soul like it, this girl just ch- chatting with her you instantly feel calm she's such a warm presence she has such a kind demeanor she is such a badass she is a woman who can do it all she's the jill of all trades she has such an interesting story and i love that she is a mother a wife and she is active and she has her own personal sort of philanthropy projects and passion projects and she's a smart cookie as well so we are going to learn a lot from her but let me introduce to you ashley mitchell wow that was can can we package that intro and send it to my mom absolutely (laughs) Yeah, because that was just lovely. I feel showered. Thank you. Oh, you're so welcome. So fresh and so clean. Yes. My pleasure. Thank you. I always, it's so funny. Everyone always will say that. Like, oh, that was so sweet. And I'm like, really? Because I feel like I was just rambling. <laughs> I, I'm just, I'm like, just keep it short, Tracy. But I just keep going on and on and on I about people. It. And it's like, it. you're, you need to bury the lead. They need to learn about this person as the show continues. <laughs> you're telling them everything up front. No, it's good. It's, <laughs> it's like you're, you know, sometimes we don't, give ourselves our flowers, mm-hmm. you know? So it's nice when somebody is like, hey, you're a badass. And I'm like, oh my God, okay. You are. Thank you. See what I mean? Give you, give ourselves our flowers, the kind, warm soul. <laughs> she just needs the sun to shine down <laughs> and have her flowers blossom. See, she's just, she's got it. You are she's the sun. It. And yes, oh, it's, it's amazing. Um, okay, I start every episode asking my guests a couple basic questions. They're very easy. If you will humor me, please. Yes, absolutely. Where were you born and raised? I was born and raised in a small rural town in New Jersey named Glassboro. And it was named after a glass factory of all things. So like Glassboro, New Jersey. Yeah. Wow, that sounds very um, UK, like very uh, like yeah, Glassborough, yeah. London, <laughs> yeah. England, you know? Totally. It sounds very posh. It, I mean, it could be. I it don't know be. that much history, but you know. Well, we're going to go with it. We weren't posh growing up there. I can tell you that. That's for sure. (laughs) That'll do. Well, moving on, moving on. Your age, if you don't mind sharing. Oh, no, not at all. 36. And you look dang good. Thank you. Dang good, Thank you. How do you feel about being 36? Oh, my God. Totally fine. It gets better. It Mm -hmm. just keeps getting better. Um, You know, I feel it changes, right? Mm -hmm. So there are some things that are 
Um, you know, I like I would love to wear, you know, some of the things that I'm seeing the kitties wear these days. Like, and I'm just like, well, you know, that time is that time is passed. And some people are going to disagree. Some people are going to say, no, the time never passes. But like, you know, for me and mm-hmm. my level of comfort, like it's things like that that you're like, oh, that would be so cute or whatever. Or it's like, look at those girls like drunk on Friday. <laughs> like it's not me, right? But right. I love being almost forty. That might yeah. be a first. That might be a TFS I first. I love, love being it. almost 40. I let's, do. Let's, let's clip that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I I love what you said. I think that it's true. Like that's it, not my time anymore. It's not necessarily an age. It's not a certain um, yeah. threshold. It's a comfort level. Yes. It, and that it can be different for everybody. So 100%. that you've hit that point where you no longer feel like that's your space or yes. that serves you. So yes. we're moving forward. That's great. That's it. Yeah. I also feel the reason why I asked is because I think that a lot of times people think in terms of these like five year or 10 year increments yeah. when it comes to age. And so on paper, 35 is sort of that tipping point where now yeah. you're closer to 40, right? Where like maybe all the numbers in between, all the years in between are like, yeah, whatever, you yeah. know? Yeah. Um, but I'm just curious. I was, you know, what were your thoughts when you turned 35? But you've already answered all yeah, my questions. I love you're, it. you're good with it. Yeah. And I yeah. adore that. I'm good. <laughs> I adore that. Thanks. As you should be. Yeah. Um, your relationship status? I am married to a wonderful, wonderful human who is 21 years my senior. And we yes. were born on the same day, 21 years apart. So we no are way. like... Kindred yeah. spirits. Kindred spirits. Like totally like two different sides of the same coin. Well, because if you're like an astrology yeah, person, yeah, yeah. you have your like your sun, your moon, your right or yeah, your sun, your moon, your rising. Um, so like, you know, we're like a little bit different, but yeah, both Capricorns and living our living ooh, our ooh. living our life. Yeah, ooh. Huh. <laughs> strong strong household we have. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Oh, see, there'd be other signs that I would think. Oh, okay. Yeah, you have you know, two Aquarius. Like they're just. Yeah. Head in the clouds, no big deal. But two Capricorns, yeah. how do you guys handle conflict in the house? Um, like if you want something done one way or you feel like that's the right process and yeah. you do feel like that happens sometimes? Um, Mark is very like, uh, like I think of him as he spent his whole career in corporate. Mm-hmm. So he has a very like diplomatic, like let's figure this mm-hmm. out kind of thing. And I'm like, no, this is how it should be. And so we just kind of like, Um, I think whoever sort of, um, can come up with the best argument of like why it should go their way wins. You guys are just writing thesis Basically. Um, (laughs) Well, my hypothesis and my supporting argument and conclusion, I am right. Literally that. As as long as it's MLA format, this is like sending me back right now. And we, we will do that too. Sometimes we will... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> we'll have to take a break, right? And we'll and then That's we healthy, will though. Yes, totally. Like, you know, you when you are fighting, you lose your executive functioning because your mm-hmm. body goes into fight, flight, freeze, fawn, right? So like, you know, we have to like step away and then we will literally sometimes like 
write something in the notes of our phone and then like send it to each other and it's like I feel this way because blah 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 and like and then you know I think that's great though I think that's really really smart it works really healthy us. yeah and it, it yeah. clearly it takes the emotion out of it yes it's because like you said when we're when we're passionate about something when we're in the moment sometimes we can get clouded a little bit by what we're feeling versus what might be the actual best thing for everybody, you know? Very cool. And it's funny to me that you were like, I don't know if you're into astrology. I am so into astrology. I ask everybody what their zodiac sign is before they come or before we start. So that was going to be my next question. I already know it. got it. Um, But you got the the moon and the rising. Do you know what yours are? Yeah, Leo rising and Aries moon. (gasps) Very cool. Yeah, yeah. It makes sense though. Like once you, if you're into it, yeah, um, it just it just makes sense. For yeah, me. I don't yeah. know about anyone else's signs, but like I know that mine makes sense for me. It's so interesting. Well, what you just described about kind of the conflict having the Aries Moon because I'm an Aries Fire. I mean, an Aries Sun, so I can oh, say okay, this. Okay, I can say this. Like I know when I feel a certain type of way, like, I'm going to let you know. And so when you're like saying, I get a little angry, right? (laughs) Or not angry, but you're like, I can get very passionate about something. I relate to that. And that's like the inner you, but you got to just work through. Yeah, we work work through, through. right? Like it, it has its benefits for Mm -hmm. sure. Right. Like nothing is all bad. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's just, I think like tempering it and like, trying to stay grounded and trying to breathe through it, right? You know, all the woo-woo things. Like, they're they're woo-woo, but they matter. Yes, yes. Woo-woo matters. Exactly. Um, Okay, last question is just kind of a fun random question. What is your biggest pet peeve? Oh, my God. I have so many. You can give me a top two if you'd like, or three. Okay, um... One, I'm I, like, I'm sorry to everyone who lives in Boston, Massachusetts, like the whole, this whole state, because I'm not from here. So mm-hmm. I can say this and I love you all, but this state has the worst drivers I have ever. Oh. And like, I'm from the New Jersey, Philly. I spend a lot of time in Manhattan. I'm more comfortable driving in Manhattan than I am in Boston. And I'm sorry, but you all need to retake your driver's test. <laughs> Because it's, I feel like I'm going to die every time I get in the that car. That's a lot. So big pet peeve, Massachusetts drivers. Okay, noted. Um, sorry, my husband is one as well. Um, the other thing, uh, people at the gym who don't uh, wipe off their equipment, that's one. Two at the gym is like, if you put your stuff in a locker and don't lock it, that annoys me because then I go to open the locker to put my stuff in and like, surprise, there's your stuff (laughs) in the way. And the third are these like stupid men, it's always men, who stand right in front of the rack, right in front of the mirror. So it's like, (laughs) just like, you can't, you have to like say excuse me to go get your weights and things. Just, I think people, people are my biggest pet peeves, grownups. I... (laughs) These were so good. But I asked the right person this question. These were very oh my niche. God, I'm annoyed by everything. Some of these were really niche, but they I, are niche. They're so accurate, though. If anyone goes to the gym, though, they will really like. Oh, they yeah. will feel it deep in their bones. Yeah, I do feel like sometimes you have those um, those certain type of guys at the gym. <laughs> that like to look at themselves in the mirror where I'm just like, I want to know 
what my form is. Like yeah, we can share this. There's the plenty of room. Let's just back up a little bit. We right. don't need to be so close to it. I can see like the the your breath on the yes, mirror. Yes, yeah, <laughs> it's like that. And I'm like, yeah. you're just. I'm like, I'm lifting heavier than you anyway. Mm-hmm. Can you please step to the side, sir? Yes. <laughs> Yes. Fair argument. Fair (laughs) argument. Thank you. Um, Well, if you have fallen in love with Ashley already, which I'm (laughs) sure you have. Everyone's like turning it off now. No, No, we've already covered so much in just the intro. It's great. I promise you it'll be 45 minutes and maybe it won't be. I know, I know. No, we're good. We'll keep it moving. But um, I was just going to say really quickly because sometimes I've been forgetting and I want to make sure that I don't, but you guys can follow her on Instagram at blackgirlmagicmama. Yeah. No underscores, no No, nothing. Just nice and clean. We like that. Yeah, it's easy. We like that. Yeah. So, Ashley, now, before I get into more of my specific questions that I want to dive into throughout the show I would love for you in your own words to give the listeners just a little background summary sort of where you your about your story you know maybe your yeah. career path what you've kind of gone through in life and then we'll start peeling back the layers all right I love it um <clears throat> so <laughs> so uh <laughs> let's see I I'm going to give you all like what I think is the most important context for like who I am now, Mm -hmm. right? Like how I sort of got here. So um, I, you know, I grew up in a small town in New Jersey. Like I grew up in the same town that my parents grew up in. So it's like one of those sorts of things. Um, My mom was born in France. My my dad is from here. So I'm black biracial. Um, I kind of, I like, I usually say multi-ethnic because I'm black, French, Irish, Dutch, Jamaican, Mm -hmm. and some Native American. And so I think that's important because um, you know, like the way I see diversity, the way I see race and how my family played a part in that, just like we're so many different colors yes. and, and body sizes and all those things. So, um, you know, being an activist now is sort of so interesting because I never thought I would be because I thought that people embraced diversity the way that like my family did and the way that my family looked. And I've thought that that was the norm. Um, and then, you know, as you grow up as, as a black girl in America, you very quickly find out that that's not the norm and everybody doesn't feel that way. And everyone doesn't value, um, you know, all kinds of people for Mm -hmm. different kinds of reasons. And we'll probably talk about that a little bit more later, but, um, my background is in sports and in theater And I um, wanted to do both of those things. And, you know, somehow I'm still, you know, using my voice in in ways and and I work in fitness. And so that path sort of still came together for me just in a different way that I imagined it. Um, I went to Rutgers for undergrad. I went to Brown for grad, which is what brought me to New England. I've been married before. I'm divorced. I have a two-year-old. My husband's been married before. He's divorced. He has three adult children. Um, He's a white dude. He's Portuguese. Like all of this, right? All of this is like the context of which like... Um, <laughs> which I live my crazy life just trying to like navigate um, and honor all of these different parts of myself that I feel matter, um, my my race and um, how deeply I care for people, how deeply I care about um, my like self-care and my mm-hmm. self-worth and wanting to 
give that to other people, like wanting to not necessarily give anybody permission, but like leading by example Mm -hmm. kind of thing. Um, I care deeply about young people, which I know we will talk about later and sort of like, um, I can appreciate how hard it is to be a young person in this country and especially um, post pandemic. Um, And so like that is, that's a big part of my story. Um, I'm just like, I feel like um, most people think that they can only do like one thing Mm -hmm. or a couple of things. And I'm like, no, I wanna explore everything that I'm interested in, everything that I am. Mm -hmm. And so if this, bio sounds disjointed it's because like nothing's linear right and like life is just it life is it ebbs and it flows and and we're people and we're dynamic and so you know this this is this is me yeah I I I honestly think I know that millennials get a lot of flack sometimes yeah but I really do think that this generation has been such a a crucial part of that change in process when it comes to career right because when you think about the generations prior to us our parents grandparents it was very normal to work in one job as soon as you were done with school or if you even finished school, Mm -hmm. right? For a lot of people. And they were doing it for 50 years. And hating it. And hating (laughs) it, right? They had this mentality that like work is not fun. That's not what you're going every day for. It's to support your family and to make money, which I, of course, understand it's very respectable. Yeah. But it's... I think we've changed that. Like, that's so sad. I mean, we spend the majority of our time at work. Yeah. And so how can we combine the two? How can we, you know, make money, be successful, do good, but also feel rewarded and fulfilled? And yeah. so I I love that your your past and your journey has not been linear because it, it shows that we are making strides in that direction, yeah. as we should be. As we should be. Absolutely. Yeah. And, of course, I always try to be very, like, you know, make sure I'm not offending any. If anyone, you know, goes for a specialty, right? Like they go to be a doctor and they want to be a doctor. Please, I'm not, I'm not knocking you by any yeah, means. Yeah, but it's like you should just, you should have permission, right? If that's right, not exactly. how you want to live your life, like then that should be fine too, right? Mm-hmm. Whatever you choose, exactly, is fine, and you should feel the freedom to make different choices when, yes. like, it's no longer serving you. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. I want to talk about I, I think that the there's going to be some meatier parts of this conversation that I kind of want to save um so really quickly just yeah. I want to kind of talk through your experience of having been married and been divorced and that was one of the things that really struck home with me when we were having our initial conversation mm-hmm. is just um you were kind of talking about how there was this time in our lives, right, where by the number that we were on paper, it's like, oh, we're moving to that next level. We're progressing. Yeah. And you almost felt like there was for a, a little bit, right, like a little bit of a uh, reversion for a second, right? I'm starting over. I'm undoing some of this stuff. Yeah. What was that experience like for you and how did you handle it? You know, what were some of the raw emotions that were coming through when that marriage didn't pan out like you hoped? Wow. Yeah. Um, I... Tough question. I, I know it's like because I I I I try not to speak in absolutes because I just I don't think that that is the right mm-hmm. thing to do. 
But I very, very, very strongly feel that getting married in your 20s is not a great idea. <laughs> I won't say don't do it. I have said don't do it in the past. But on this <laughs> podcast, I will not say don't do it. But I, I do feel... Um, especially like with just with what we said with how our generation is like changing and, and Gen Z is certainly like a lot different than we are and, mm -hmm. and how careers are changing. Everything is just so different from our parents that like following the path that they took probably is not the best idea because we live our lives so differently. I mean, like most people our age can't even afford to buy a house, right? Like it's just so different. And so, you know, like number one was just like, I was, even though I was 27, um, it just, I could not have imagined like how much more I would grow mm -hmm. and then how my partner would need to grow, right? To then keep up with me. Mm -hmm. um, and so what's, what was so hard and what I didn't anticipate was this like major growth spurt for me and then being with somebody who wanted things to just be the same. Mm -hmm. And his parents were like that. They're like, you know, you like live in the same house forever and you kind of pitter patter around and you do the same things. And like that works for some people. That's not what I wanted. And that's what he wanted. And like, that is really crushing, especially as a woman and you're like in your thirties now and you think you're supposed to have things figured out and you see people getting married around you and having kids around you. And you're like, is there something wrong with me? And am I like not like marriable? <laughs> like, or am I am I asking for too much? Am I demanding too much? Am I moving too fast? Right? The the raw emotions were like, what's next? Mm -hmm. And like, what does the right person what does that look like for me? Mm -hmm. And and then I've just hurt this person's feelings by saying, You're great, just like not the person that I want or not the person that I want to spend my life with. Like, you know, there's nothing wrong, like, yeah. but everything was wrong. Like, mm -hmm. and that's just so nobody really talks about that. I was know? just going to say that. I think that people are so quick to, to share their experiences when, you know, they've made a mistake that they can learn from, right? Yeah. Or they've been really hurt and sort of how they worked through it. But you don't spend enough time really unpacking moments like that where there maybe isn't one yeah. specific defining moment or a thing to pinpoint. It's kind of a culmination of different things yeah. and it's all and nothing at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. And that is such a hard, hard feeling to process because that's that's where it becomes difficult to trust our gut and our yes. intuition, which I yes. feel, you know, I, I know you feel the same way and I'm very similar. Like that my, whatever my gut tells me, that's, that's, that's Bible. That, yep. is that is everything. It. Like I always trust my instincts. Yep. And so I, that's why I love black and white. Like I love that, like this is here, this is here, <laughs> night and day, whatever yes. it is. Like I love compartmentalizing. That's how my brain operates and functions. Yeah because it's easy for me to make decisions, whether it's weighing them, whatever, I just know this one sounds better than the other, right? But like that in between it's is so, so hard. And I'm like, come so on, crappy. gut, tell me what to do. Yeah. And you really don't know. And eventually it's like that little whisper, you just it's have It's like you know, to. right? Yeah. And yeah. also like if you're questioning it, that's a really 
big flag, right? Mm-hmm. If you're oh, yeah. if you're in your first year or two or three of marriage to someone and you're like, oh, is this the right choice? It's mm-hmm. probably not the right choice. <laughs> or like you have some major things to work out. But I also, that's, you know, if I had just been his girlfriend or just been his fiance, I could have figured that out over time, Yeah, right? Like I would have... I would have just like seen how behavior plays out over time, like what happens, like how we each treat conflict or what happens when we're scared or what happens when, Mm -hmm. you know, how do we deal with uncertainty, like things like that, that right, like marriage, marriage doesn't change people. It just like cements who they are, right, because they become more comfortable. So if someone's doing something in year one, it's not going to look better in year 50, right? Like it's likely going to just become shittier over time. (laughs) So I I do wish that I didn't drag this person through, Mm -hmm. um, through that. But at the same time, like this you is, didn't know any right? better either. I, I it's had not no like idea. you did it intentionally, no, of course. Not at you all. Know? And I think that again, to your point, it's just kind of about not even he's, you know, the wrong person or what you think is right and what he thinks isn't. It's more about like that level of maturity too. Right. There's a responsibility and accountability on our part, like did I, I didn't even know enough to ask the right questions yeah, to ensure no that you were the right person for me because yeah. I didn't have the experience myself yeah. to know. And neither did he, right? right? So he probably couldn't even, you know, he probably like wouldn't even have been able to have a conversation yeah. about it. Yeah. And my parents got divorced when I was 13. So like also working through what that, like what a marriage should look like, mm-hmm. what a healthy relationship looks like is something that I'm figuring out now still, right? Like, oh, people don't yell and scream at each other. Like things don't break. Oh, like, oh, okay. Wow. Like th- this is, all right, this is something new. Mm-hmm. So it's, I mean, it's it's all those things, but that's why I think getting married young, is, you know, you got to mine through that stuff. Yeah, I mean, I honestly think that, that marriages that you enter into so early and and last are are so special because it's rare because what are the odds that you picked that person so early on and you both wanted to grow in the same direction you've both <laughs> yeah. been patient and you're sacrificing yeah. i mean that's amazing it's just that's a big ask it's, huge. it's a very big yeah. big ask and um i have i was not married but i had a long-term relationship that sort of ended that same way where at first it was like this is so sweet and so quaint and so simple and and so safe and so wonderful. And I thought, how great. I don't have to enter the real world dating, yeah. figuring out which boys I like, right? And then all of a sudden I was like, whoa, I don't know if I want to rob myself from that experience because I don't know if this is it for me. Yeah. And it's tough. It's, it's so really tough. tough. Yeah. So how have you taken some of those lessons and applied them to your, your current ma- marriage? Yeah, Um Wow. So I, you know, it's like, I know I kind of like went in with Mark being like, (laughs) okay, uh, you know, this is, this is like what I need to feel safe. Mm -hmm. Um, this is what's important to me. Um, you know, like I kind of, I kind of laid everything out there on the table from like moment one. And I was like, you know, I'm interested in somebody who wants to grow, who wants to do this, who wants to do that, who wants to like, you know, experience things together. And, and and I just had this whole 
I had a whole perspective, right? And because he was married too, he also like met me with that. Well, this is what I need to feel safe. And this is how I like to communicate. And this is, you know, like these have been some sticky points for me. And and then so we kind of were like, okay, I hear you. And now like, let's see, you know, like when shit starts to hit the fan, yeah. right? Let's see like if we can communicate our way through it, if we can love our way through it. Um, and And we have, and like, you know, getting, you know, getting married to someone who's so much older than you or, or in his case, like so much younger, right? There's, it comes with its own difficulties and, and lots of people's opinions and then like trying to blend families. And then we're also like different races and like, you know, now we have our own kid. There's a lot of complication in there, not so much from us, but from like so many people around us, say. right? It's like everybody like, everybody your opinion is not valid um <laughs> and or needed um <laughs> but so like we had to just make sure that we were really solid because that kind of stuff rocks you sometimes mm-hmm. um and it can be really unfair and really just mean um so like our just the way we communicate alone has yeah. changed the game how do you think you found your voice to be able to ask for those things up front in a relationship? Wow. Because I ask because I think that it's a very common sort of feeling, mindset, worry, whatever you want to define it as for women of, I'm going to scare him away by saying yeah. what I want up front, right? And and being able to ask for what I need. Um, a lot of people want to, you know, Go with the flow, be yeah. casual. Um, but given your your history, you know, I, I imagine it was very important for you oh, yeah. to not go down the, that road again or make some, some mistakes. But where did you really get that courage to say, okay, I have to speak up? Yeah, I, because I, um, I, I just like did not, I didn't want to experience the same thing again, mm-hmm. right? Like I, um, divorces happen and whatever, but like I why get married again to get divorced again? Mm-hmm. Why, you know, like for anyone who's listening, don't go with the flow, right? If someone is scared away by your assertiveness, then they're likely not the person for you, right? If being assertive is part of who you are, part of who you need to be, mm-hmm. then someone who is intimidated by that, you know, like does not need to be in your space because it only gets more complicated, right? It only... You know, like when you are two weeks postpartum and and your like boobs are leaking and your vagina is bleeding and you're like wearing a diaper, you better be assertive, right? Mm-hmm. Or otherwise you're you're just gonna diminish and and it's already right, there are already like so many things that diminish you in general that like your partner should be a part of your safe space. Right. So I like knew um that that I had to put my big girl panties on, right? Yeah. And that's just how it had to be if if it was going to work. Yeah, you didn't go all go through all that for, no. for nothing, right? You didn't come this far to only go this far. Right. I think you have to advocate for yourself. And I completely agree. If, if they can't see that, if they don't understand where you're coming from, then it wasn't going to work out anyway. Totally so goodbye. don't worry about it. But it yeah. also, I think there's a, a major difference between that, those initial conversations of like, 
oh, wow, she must be super high maintenance. It's like, I don't give yeah. a shit on where we're going to dinner on Friday night. And like, you know, like, you know, I think, but I think there, it sometimes comes off as, yeah. oh, this person's going to be a lot of work. And it's like, no, I'm still, I can still be yeah. easy, breezy, beautiful cover girl when it comes to <laughs> Friday and Saturday nights and like right. where you want to take a vacation, right? But th- there's certain instrumental pieces of a relationship that you need to be clear on because you're busy. You have a lot going on. You're not, you don't have time to waste. And I think it's more about that. And I wish that that was seen more accurately sometimes because it kind of gets diluted in that other bucket of like, oh, she's so needy or, oh, she needs this. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think we get that a lot as women. We definitely do. And I mean, something that I said to Mark early on was like, if I care, Mm -hmm. I'll tell you. And if I don't care, like feel free, like make the decision, whatever. But like what I am, what's important to me, I will speak up on. And if it's not important, then it's just not important. Right. Like, because everything to your point, everything is not, you know, like going to be whatever. I don't care where we eat or if I do, I'll let you know (laughs) if I care, I'll say, can you please take me to X or whatever? But yeah, yeah, it it can. There's everybody has moments of being easy and moments of, Mm -hmm. you know, needing to advocate for themselves. So. Wonderful. Yeah. Thank you for being very vulnerable. I know oh that these gosh. are, they're, they're almost easy questions, but they're not easy yeah, questions at the yeah. same time. I, you don't always have the words, yes. even though the feeling is there, like, yeah. and I'm, I'm unafraid to share. I'm just like, how do I articulate say, yeah, say yeah. how I feel? It. Totally. Yeah. Well, I want to put a pause on that. We're going to come back to family at the right. end. I want to talk about your, your daughter a little bit, but I think my son, sorry, your son. <laughs> no, oh my okay. gosh, okay. your son. But I want to um, talk career real quick. So right yeah. now you're you're still in fitness. I know that you're working with a lot of um, companies on DEI initiatives. Mm-hmm. You also have the Courage campaign mm-hmm. with your husband, which you've co-founded, correct? Yeah. So um, what does what's what are the many jobs of Ashley right now? <laughs> what is what are you doing? Okay, so I am a mom. First, we just got part-time childcare as of like this summer. So, and he turned two this summer. So I've been a full-time mom for two years. Um, I am a DEI consultant. So I focus my work mainly on allyship and making inclusive spaces. So it's a a lot of, um, I want people to feel empowered, right? Like it feels really intimidating or you know, I know for a lot of white people, it feels like really scary to think like, oh, like they're just going to call me racist or they're just going to tell me everything I'm doing wrong. It's like, no, it's it's literally not that. I mean, I know that everybody works differently, but for me, I'm just like, hey, here's what you can do, mm-hmm. right? Or here, like, what are you interested in? What do you care about? Or what keeps you up at night or whatever? And let's like use that um, to create impact. And I feel like where we can all be better to other people mm-hmm. and we can all pay more attention to those who have been historically marginalized and oppressed. Like, yes. I just think it's a lot simpler than some folks are making it. Um, so I, I do that. Um, the courage campaign with Mark, we work with, um, K through 12 students, movement, journaling, um, movement looks like yoga, strength training, that sort of thing. Um, we, you know, have conversations. We just like talk about the world a little bit, how things are, how things are going. Um, you know, like what kind of world do they want to see? Like, what are they trying to build? Where do they want to go when they finish school? Like what, what lights them up? Those sorts of things. Um, so it's a little bit of like wellness with social emotional Mm -hmm. learning, 
mixed in. Um, and then the sort of last part is the creative side. I like to speak and write and things like that. Um, and, you know, some of it ends up on Instagram. Some of it ends up like, you know, in more quote unquote professional spaces like, <laughs> you know, like the Boston Globe or something like that. But, um, yeah, those are the things that I'm interested in, just like being in community with people mm-hmm. overall. Right. And then, then the vehicle for that, whether it's fitness or the kids or whatever, it just looks different. Yes. But the overall goal is the same. Yes. Um, starting with sort of the fitness side, the health and wellness, mm-hmm. all of that. Um, one of the things you and I kind of laughed about when we were when we were chit-chatting before was sort of the way that the idea of, I think, self-care mm, as a yeah. generalization has been interpreted um from a lot of people and um you know we were we were talking about it and i'll i'll say i'll be the first one to admit like back in the day i was like oh yeah i put my face mask on i i paint my nails i do self-care and i realized why am i not getting off this hamster wheel i'm doing the work i'm putting the time in what is going on and it's like that is not self-care those are nice things to do for yourself for sure they make you feel good i'm sure they help with you're like your ego and your confidence yes they definitely do but where can we go deeper and you used a term which i thought oh my god what did i say no no you said i am so sick of seeing the bubble bath bullshit you're like these girls just sit in their bubble baths with their candles and then you know what i mean and it's like i get that if that is your mode of relaxation wonderful but i i just think if you're if these are the sort of activities that people are doing and then they're they're qualifying it as self-care and wondering why they're not seeing progress i would encourage them to go a little bit deeper and and i think that you had some really great insight on that and i'd love to have you share sort of your experience because i all the time my friends all the times everyone's like i just haven't seen any change i haven't seen any difference and people feel like they're doing the work but something's not there yeah how do we get there i mean usually self-care is not necessarily like a goods and services thing right like you can't really buy it Mm -hmm. (laughs) um you know, like, and I say usually because like, I think that, for example, therapy is a part of a self-care practice and it's something that you have to pay for. So like, yeah. right. But we won't nitpick. Like I'm, I mean, getting a manicure, uh, bubble baths, facials, things like that. Yes. These are ways that you care for yourself. And yes, when you look good, you feel good. Yes. Those things mm-hmm. are true. However, how how do those things contribute, especially as women, how do they contribute to your liberation, to your feeling of freedom? How do they sort of scaffold onto each other? How do you grow from a manicure, right? Like you don't, it's, there's no deep investigation of maybe, um, you know, false narratives or faulty thinking or black and white thinking or, you know, investigating sort of the things that aren't going aren't going well or even celebrating the things that are going well um you know thinking about how you set boundaries how you say no are you a people pleaser like all of these other sorts of things are i would say like things that you can think about to better care for yourself because it's it's more about your long-term well-being mm-hmm your personal relationships, your relationship to yourself, your spirituality, um, 
you know, things like journaling, things like being in nature, things like actually sleeping eight hours a night, which for some people is going to be hard depending on if you're a single parent, right? Mm -hmm. If you're working multiple jobs, if you're, you know, a doctoral student or something like I understand there are, there are barriers for folks, but for those who it's not like turn off Netflix and go to bed, right? The show is going to be there. Like the Bridgerton people already made their money, right? Like you're not yes. benefiting from losing sleep to binge watch this show. Oh my God. I did Even that though I also recently do it. with Love Island. I'm so sorry. I have to admit, you know, but at least it's like a one-off, right? But like, you know, prioritizing your rest, get off your phone, mm-hmm. stop comparing yourself to other people. You know, like I also think, you know, a deep investigate, and this is just me, but like all of the things that people are doing now to alter their appearance is like becoming scary. Like first it was eyelashes mm-hmm. and now we've come to like, people are getting plastic surgery to look like an Instagram filter. That That's like deep unhappiness, right? Mm-hmm. That's like deep, deep shit that really needs to be <sighs> mined through. And I think that like that's kind of where we're getting it wrong. We're looking so surface because we're, we're, I think too focused on like, um, how we're perceived or if we're liked or whatever. And it's like, that's kind of not what it's about. That's kind of like, you're not, you're not necessarily here to be liked and to look pretty all the time. Like Mm -hmm. you're here to live a good life and make an impact. You're here to be of service for other humans. So like, how can you work through your own shit and take care of yourself so that what you project out into the world is real and not just right. Like acrylic. (laughs) Yes. What you just said, I think, I hope that people really take that in and listen because I think it's a, it's a hard reality sometimes, but it is, Once you kind of accept that, that's when you're going to see that exponential growth. You see it. You you feel it from the inside out. I promise you, I promise you that your peace and your joy is going to feel so much better than your manicure. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying get rid of one. Right. But I'm saying like right. add to the practice. It's not an either or it's an and. Right. Yeah. Like I'm I'm not going to get rid of my lashes because it saves me time in the morning. I don't have to think about it. It's like easy. It, I can roll out the door and I don't have to do the makeup thing. I it, do it for my convenience. I don't right. do it for my confidence. That do you know sense. what I mean? Yeah. And I think that it's it's if you're doing those things, th- take a look at maybe why. Why matters. Why you're doing yes. them. Yes. And if there's a logical explanation keep going or if it makes you feel good that's okay but also think about where else can we like you said add in to the process I think for for me I like I said I was very much the face mask I'm gonna stay in and paint my toenails I'm gonna watch whatever show I want a rom-com and I felt like me time was um was was wellness and was yeah. self-care. Yeah. I felt like that was recharging my batteries. And I do still think sometimes yeah, recharging sometimes my batteries is my yeah. self-care. Yeah. But when I started noticing a change, it was looking at the behaviors that I was that I had and, and some of the actions that I was doing and realizing it was all sort of immediate gratification. Yeah. I would get that quick hit, I'd feel good, I'd feel fresh and I feel clean or I feel pretty, I'd feel confident, whatever yeah. it is. But I'm not getting to the root of the problem. Yeah. So 
for me, when I look at self-care now, it has to be one of two things, either thought-provoking mm. or physically challenging to any extent, right? right. Like, and even going for a morning walk, I mean, yeah. it has to be something physical. Getting the the hormones, right? And everything yeah. moving inside, getting that, getting your body in motion, but also the observation. And that's just making me think rather than just getting out of bed, yeah. scrolling on my phone, exactly. and, right? It's like, wow, I just noticed that shift or it's the journaling, but things like that, they're tough. It kind of feels funny at first. Sometimes it takes a little bit before yeah. you can really start to be yeah. vulnerable. Cause I know some people are like, what am I writing on this piece of paper for? You know, yeah. but if you really lean into the process, I think those are the things that are going to see much more of an impact. Definitely. Yeah. And I think if you're, you know, if you're like newer to some of these things, like there's so much online that, Mm. you know, like you can buy prompted journals. You can look up journal prompts online. You can just do a gratitude list. You can wake up and do three things that that you're grateful for. There are, you know, you... You can, you find, you know, you find your way, you find the things that work for you and you let go of the things that don't, but it's important to create space for that. It also opens up your creativity. It also puts you in a better mood. So you're just a little more kind to other people, which we very desperately need in (laughs) this world right now. Um, So, you know, like for me, it's like this trifecta of, I have to move my body. Mm -hmm. um, I have to have time outside. Um, and the first, depending on when my son wakes up, the first at least 30, but up to 60 minutes of my day is reading and journaling. Um, and it can't be fiction. It has to be either like some something like self-help, wellness, a memoir, like something that's real. Mm-hmm. Um, and I save my fiction for later in the day. But <laughs> I have to wake up feeling grounded in, in like, I don't know, someone else's light that they put out into the world for me to read. Absolutely. I love that. That's super, super powerful. What you just said. It makes me feel so good. Yeah. Because yeah, if you're on social media, you're reading some romance novel, a lot of times you may find two o'clock hits and it's like, you've been in this weird funk. (laughs) You're, you're almost absorbing or adopting other people's emotions, their perspectives, their feelings. So that's why that morning activity, whatever that is for you, making sure it's about you so that you guide your day. No one else does. That's for it. you. That's it. So, so smart. Okay. I, now I want to get back to DEI yeah. and I want to talk a little bit more about the courage campaign too. Yeah. And I kind of, I think that I want to um, go over those and then kind of see how it almost plays into being a mother too. Yeah. Cause I'm sure yeah, that the way that you approach these certain things is, is maybe has a little bit of a heavier meaning for you as a mother. Yeah, right. Um, sure. But it's actually funny too. I know I had mentioned that we were going to do this a couple weeks ago and I screwed up, but I <laughs> I, mean, I think that there is divine timing um, because I was at a DEI event for one of my clients oh, all no day way. today. And I was like, oh, how funny that I'm going to hang out actually later. There it was go. almost meant to be. Yeah. Um, but I went to a women in STEM event and it was put on by their um, DEI team and Amazing. it was just wonderful. And one of the things that I thought was kind of going back to what you said earlier, but also seemed to be a, a subtle theme which was really wonderful was the whole for the people the white people that are hesitant nervous a little reluctant whatever it Mm is correct me if I'm wrong but when it comes to DEI it's not about taking away 
from anyone else. No, and I think that's what self-righteous white people sometimes think. I'm so sorry. Yeah. <laughs> you don't have to apologize to the self-righteous white people. Yeah, no, right. they need to hear it. I know. I know. I know. You're right. I don't need to apologize to you self-righteous white people. But, but I feel they're like they're still going to love you. What they're so, that's why they're so against it because they feel yeah. as though th- initiatives like this and programs in place, departments within companies are designed to take away from people who have something, yeah. more opportunity, whatever it may be, pay, whatever it is, yeah. and give it to somebody else. Right. And that could not be more fucking ass backwards. Yes. yes. And that is why I think that it's not getting talked about enough because if people are scared of something, they don't they dive don't, in head yeah. first. They just avoid yeah. it. So what has been your experience and what are some of maybe the breakthroughs and some of the um, monumental moments in your career as a consultant in this area? Yeah, um, I, you know, I think that uh, I I hope that people really start to like um, educate themselves a little bit more. Right. Because, you know, uh, we so we like grow up with these perspectives that are given to us by our families or, you know, our teachers or wherever we grew up or or like, you know, if you grew up with in an area with no diversity, you know, it just feels really um, new and strange and like you are losing something, but like, hi, like it's not a piece of pie, right? Like it's not like no one's taking I a slice Everyone of pie. uses that. Like, like yeah. I just want a piece of the pie. It's yeah. Like, can it's we like, just, it's just not, it's, it's not <laughs> This is that. not about desserts. People. <laughs> yeah. Um, but you know, and then, right. It just kind of sort of becomes a snowball effect where then, you know, and of course we know how algorithms work, mm-hmm. right? So then it, you sort of continue to be fed that same perspective. Um, and you know, it all just feels really intoxicating because it feels comfortable because you don't have to challenge anything that you've learned. You don't have to go to Thanksgiving dinner and be like, well, pop up, that's racist, right? Like it just keeps you, it keeps you where you are. And we of humans, of course, love to feel comfort. Our brains want that. It's like, you know, um, Nobody wants to feel fear or danger or like, God forbid, disconnection Mm -hmm. from the people that we love and care about because when you grow, your relationships change, right? So um, I think that like some of the major moments were one, people understanding what privilege actually means and that like, you know, there's (laughs) there's no way you can like, give it up or get rid of it. Like we say, give up your privilege, but just means like, what are the things that, you know, sort of make your life like inherently easier that you can then use to make someone else's life easier. So for example, um, you know, something that because of, you know, being, uh, you know, in fitness and being a Lululemon ambassador and, and being in a lot of really, white environments. I've like cultivated a really wonderful community of white people who are allies, who are open, who um, listen to what I have to say and listen to my perspective, even if it's different from 
uh, how they've grown up or challenges them, or even if they feel defensive, right, they're just a little more open. So me knowing that, like, that's a privilege of mine to say, oh my gosh, Ashley, this means that you can use your voice and perhaps another black woman might not be able to. Mm -hmm. So that's an opportunity for me to give up my privilege and speak up, right? Or like, if I have this network of folks, like, if somebody comes to me and asks me for a recommendation, like I can, I can elevate people. I can amplify people. I can say like, Oh, here's this person that you've never heard of. Instead of going to the same, you know, like girl, like give this girl a chance or get right. It's like, it's that. And I'm not losing anything by amplifying other people or using my skill sets to help other people. Mm -hmm. Like that is an act of service. That is, inherently being a better human like it's not and so like I think that some of the best moments have been around privilege because I've watched people um I've watched people grow in that way and and sort of think about how they can um how they can amplify, how they can, you know, make something better for someone mm -hmm. based on like something that they have, right? Um a lot of white women in my community have definitely been um, vocal in like speaking up or, or like speaking, um, you know, like, uh, like speaking up in ways that challenge the status quo because they know their voices are going to be heard mm -hmm. or they know they're not going to be fired or they know, right. Like things like that. Um, some of my friends who are a little wealthier have, spent lots of money donating to things or right. It's just like mm -hmm. you're, you just use what you have to make, to make things better. And so like those moments have been really, really, really wonderful. Um, something else that comes to mind is like people are generally unafraid in my community. <laughs> people are generally <laughs> unafraid or becoming unafraid at um, fact checking things, right? Like spending more time researching, spending more time reading, um, spending more time diversifying their read. So even when it comes to like something as stupid as fiction, right? Reading like a book from an Indian author or uh, whatever Asian author or whatever, like all romance doesn't have to be, you know, two white people. It doesn't have to be like Vince Vaughn and Jennifer Aniston, right? There are so many different kinds of love, like stuff like that. Like the expansion is it's been worth it for me to continue because it also sucks sometimes. Like, yeah. let's be honest. Right. But people being open to expand is that's monumental to me. Yeah. Hands down. Absolutely. And I want to ask a, kind of a couple of tough questions and just yeah. have like a really raw conversation about this. Um, but I think that a lot of times as a white person, male yeah. or female, right. It becomes also a, a, a topic that I think, again, people don't know about, so they just don't bother. Yeah. But also it can feel a little bit like a sticky situation, right? Yeah. Um, because this is not making general statements, but there, you know, there are experiences where it's like, 
ask questions. Let's talk about it. Let's start the conversation. And then, you know, oh, well, I shouldn't have to be the one to educate you in this. You need yeah. to go read it yourself, right? Yeah. Or, yeah. okay, yeah, let, you can ask me questions, but, oh, wait, not that question. Yeah. Or, like, we want you to be an ally, but, wait a second, you have no leg to stand on in this issue. So I think a lot of times it's hard because every person is entitled to their own feelings and all of them are correct. But I think it's this delicate dance of when maybe in someone comfort zone may not be someone else's and so people feel very nervous because they don't want to get in the middle of something that they shouldn't be in the middle of and i think that also is what causes a lot of hesitancy for people as well not even it's the not knowing but also i'm afraid to try to get to know because i don't know what i'm going to be met with yeah you know what i mean for sure and how I'm curious in your circle, your community, do you have you had people had similar experiences or what would be your general piece of advice for people feeling like that? Like, I just don't know what to do. So I'm going to stay away. Kind yeah, of, you know, yeah. I mean, I think, too, right, like just under the umbrella of DEI. You have race for sure, but you also have age. You also mm-hmm. have sexuality. You also have all these other things. And so for the white people you're not the only one who feels that, right? If there's uh, things for, I don't know, even let's say like body size, right? Mm -hmm. I'm like, I'm a size six. That's like really, you know, like, (laughs) well, it depends on what size. Some people would say it's not thin, but like some people people would. Those people are not the type of people (laughs) that listen to my podcast. Let me tell you that. We do not not say things like that But, you know, like, I enjoy thin privilege, right? Mm-hmm. I'm I'm thin, I'm fit, whatever, right? And so even when things about body size come up, mm-hmm. for me, I get nervous because I'm like, well, I enjoy this kind of privilege and I have this kind of body. And so like, I should shut the fuck up because I'm going to offend somebody or like, I'm going to say something fat phobic mm-hmm. and not even know it and whatever. Right. Like, um, and I grew up in a very fat phobic household. Like my father was a professional boxer. Like, of course we were fat phobic. So, <sighs> you know, like everything is always been around not necessarily being in a small body, but being in a fit body, which is like, how we see it usually inherently smaller, right? So white people, other people have the same things, right? When Mm -hmm. it comes to something that they are unsure of, whether it's people with disabilities, people who are uh, neurodiverse, right? Like we all kind of experience like, oh shit, I don't know anything about that and I'm gonna offend somebody. Mm -hmm. So, right, you're like, number one, you're not alone. And I, as a black person, have definitely been on that other end of like, Mm -hmm. you don't know, you don't even know what you're talking about, right? So, like, Mm -hmm. have a seat. Um, And it sucks. And it definitely makes you want to not step up anymore because you're like, well, if if I'm just going to make a mistake, then screw it. Mm -hmm. Here's the thing. Okay. You, when people want you to be an ally, know that it's ally is more of a verb than a label. So it's always going to be about like the action, right? A lot of people like to say, I'm an ally and I, I'm doing this and I'm doing that. And people want to like put all their shit on blast and like whatever. But know that part of that sort of being in that action of an ally, part of it is listening to what the leaders are asking for, right? So it means you're not the loudest voice in the room. It means you're not going to all the other white people and saying, well, you're doing it wrong because Mm -hmm. blah, 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 right? It means that you're 
in that space, um, it means that you're more of a follower than a leader. And it means that you're supporting that movement in whatever way that movement wants to be supported, mm -hmm. right? So that's like one side of it. And then the other side of it is like, <sighs> the internet is an interesting place because <laughs> sometimes people, um, sometimes people do say things without having done any research or without any, um, any respect for like how a person might be feeling. So I'll give you an example. Mm -hmm. Like sometimes people will send me a DM and be like, you know, I read such and such in this book and I disagree with it because I'm a white person who blah, blah, blah. And as a black person, like, what are your thoughts? And I'm like, wow, that, that uh, what do I do with that? Right. That's a lot. And so it does kind of get like, well, okay, you need to back up. Mm -hmm. You need to like go grapple with that on your oh, own, yeah. right? I'm under no obligation to teach you or walk you through your feelings, especially for free like yeah. in a DM, right? Like, so sometimes it's like, it's like this energy of, um, I want to be better. Teach me, teach me, teach me. And it's like, there, there are so many ways to like listen and be engaged without putting the labor on the person, on the marginalized person. Mm -hmm. Um, to walk you through it or whatever. I think that on the flip side, sometimes mm -hmm. people can be, um, sometimes people can just be mean. Sometimes oh, yeah. people can be not empathetic. Sometimes people, um, you know, when you are, when you are in a marginalized body, sometimes you're just so tired and so angry and mm -hmm. so sick of it. And so like, so sick of like living with fear. <laughs> Um, that like, yeah, sometimes you lash out. Sometimes you're like, have no space for people and their questions and they're this and they're that. That's and that really sucks. human though. Yeah. And everyone's entitled to that. But I, I can't speak from experience. I have, you know, I'm not in your shoes, but I understand that that feeling may almost come along with the idea of, are there going to be more consequences for me, right? Because of whatever the stereotypes are, whatever yeah, the this or that, right? And it's like, pull. how, do, you know, I want to, you're, you, you know, we, we say we're, we're equal. We say that everybody is viewed the same, but I don't contemplate things like that. Yeah. And so that for me is like, we think we're making progress, but we still have so, have so much, much more so to much. go. Yeah. And it's not just race, right? It's like you said, it's body size. It's also, it's gender. It's it's yeah. so many different things. Even today at the at the event, you know, it was women we were sharing some stories in the circle and this woman was talking about just, uh, you know, a little while ago, she went into a meeting and she was a director level. She sat down and one of the guys there was like, oh, cute, are you the note taker? See. Exactly. And it's like, we're still like, you know yeah. what I mean? So take, it, it's not about any one of the given areas. It's more about zooming out in the bigger picture of just like, yeah. there's still these discrepancies. There's yes. still this unfairness. And I, people need to stop thinking that it's about taking away from anybody else. I don't necessarily want what you have. I just want to be able to have what I want to, <laughs> you know? Yeah. yeah. It's just, it's, a, it's people, to your point, people still think that like, we're all in the same playing field mm -hmm. and, and we're not like no. we're, we're just, we're just not. If somebody is a wheelchair user, 
they cannot go shop on Newberry Street the way you and I can just go down the steps, go up the right. steps, go like, you know, where the sidewalk is uneven and this and that. Like, you can't tell me that things are like all people have everything they need to thrive. Like they don't. Right. Mm-hmm. So like we need to be a little less concerned about our feelings and a little more concerned about like, how do we help? Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Like your feelings are going to get hurt. You're going to be wrong. You're going to mess something up. You're going to offend somebody like I'm going to do it, too. It's not just like, you know, white people like there's there's a lot of stuff going on. <laughs> so, yeah. Like, yeah. Do the best you can commit to trying to educate yourself. Maybe it's like one article a day. Maybe it's one book a month. I don't know. Commit to something and just like, just go for it. Yeah. So much of it has to do, I think, with just releasing that ego too. Yeah. And you that gotta, pride. Yeah. And I think a lot of that self-help, the journaling will help with that ego. It does. It, does. it certainly will. Yeah. So it all kind of comes back together yep. in a way. Yep. But I also want to talk about how DEI and being mixed race comes into play as you are raising your son. Oh my God. Um, and then also kind of how that plays into the Courage campaign yeah. as well. I think that um, what you said at the beginning of the episode was also really powerful. You grew up in this almost safe incubation place of this is normal. And then you went out and saw that real world and you're like, wait, it's not it's actually normal. quite like yeah. this. Right. But I, I think it's also fair to say that there's a lot of people who have the opposite of experience, right, where they're taught very early. This is what you have to look out for. This is what you need to be aware of. This mm-hmm. is what you want to don't do, do, et cetera, et cetera. Right. And then um, they're equipped with all this skill and it's like, oh, it wasn't so bad, right? Some people have those experiences too. So how does your upbringing, your investment in these sort of uh, spaces and this Mm -hmm. type of of, um, department, right, and initiatives, how does that play into raising a mixed son, right? Yeah, Um, you know, Zion is lighter skin than I am. And so I, I wouldn't say he's white passing, but he's definitely, you know, like a little more ethnically ambiguous than I am. Um, but we, you know, we mostly refer to him as a black boy because mm-hmm. in a lot of spaces, that's how he's going to be seen and or treated. Um, and so, you know, at two years old, right. We're in, it's not like we're having conversations, course, yeah. right. But Um, at two years old, it's about, um, sort of like what his world looks like. Mm -hmm. So we're very intentional about the kinds of books that we buy, right. And making sure that there are black protagonists. And that isn't to say that he doesn't have other books too. He has like, you know, books with, uh, girl protagonists. He has books with white protagonists. He has books with Asian protagonists. He has, uh, books about bodies. He has books about pronouns. He has books about, um, you know, a little kid, uh, who uses a wheelchair, who has a dog and like brings his dog to school, <laughs> like, you know, all kinds of things. And so we're, you know, we're trying to shape for Zion that like, there are actually lots of different kinds of people in the world. And, um, everybody, literally everybody, every type of person, um, is beautiful and wonderful. And like, and that, you know, this hierarchy that we put onto folks, like it's not real. Mm -hmm. Right. And so, you know, like you are beautiful and mommy is beautiful and our hair is beautiful and our curls are beautiful. And like, you don't, you know, need to, 
look like any particular thing. It's also like the people that we surround him with, right? And so we have friends that are black. We have friends that are white. We have friends that are in larger bodies. We have friends that are in smaller bodies. We have Mm -hmm. friends that are queer. We have friends that are trans. We have friends that are straight. We try to be, and it's not like we're out like collecting people, like, <laughs> like oh, you're non-binary, great, be our friend. Right, it's right. not that, right? But like, that's how Mark and I lead. Like we are mm-hmm. open to different kinds of people and, and are, um, you know, we, we just don't want a lot of bullshit in our lives. We don't have a yeah. lot of time, right? And so, um, so the people that he sees too, mm-hmm. like that come into our household that are loving, like they look different. And he also like has parents that look different and grandparents that look different and, you know, step siblings that look different. And so we're just how it filters in is like the expansiveness mm-hmm. that I was talking about before. Um, we're just trying to like embrace yeah. all of the difference. I don't care if you're watching Mickey Mouse or Toy Story or Princess and the Frog, like everybody can be a hero, right? Everybody can be a leading human um, in this life. It doesn't have to be like that we're upholding one kind of person. Um, but as as he gets older, right? Like we will have to have some conversations. We will have to um, likely address some things we will have to, I mean, sometimes like white women come up to us now and say like really problematic things, you know, just like given like how we look, how, how he looks, how his hair looks and just like all kinds of shit. So I know it will come, but for now we just get to bask in celebrating all different types of things. And we don't have to, we don't have to scare him or put any Mm. negativity or any politics around it just yet. Thank God. (laughs) <laughs> thank goodness I'm not, yes I'm, I'm too exhausted yeah there's a there's a steady pace you don't have yeah, to put it's the age appropriate carp, yeah, right horse. Yeah, yeah absolutely but I think what you said too is really important it, there's a lot of emphasis and you hear a lot of conversations about having that um visibility right to see someone who looks like you and we certainly need more of that yeah. and that representation one million percent but it's not about um you know making sure all of the, you know, um, little girls that are of any sort of Asian descent, right, have have that doll. It's about, like you're saying, right, like everything across the board. It's not just, oh, because you're this ethnicity, we're going to get you everything so that you feel like you're seen. It's important to have the combination because that also is is really – start of the start of the like um his way of thinking right as he's getting older right like it's it's how you're building their thought process their their mindset their openness their you know what i mean and how they view things because it's it's still important yes they need that representation yes they deserve that 100 and we will when we do that right and i love that because i i haven't heard enough of that you know i think that it's almost this like overcompensation of okay now we're gonna do all of this that you have it and you feel good (laughs) which of course i'm not knocking necessarily but right it is it's like well you don't want to keep putting people into little boxes and also his dad is white right so like he it's not a matter of like you know like (laughs) <laughs> don't we're not gonna have anything white no in white our house people. yeah no white people ever it's like you know yeah, like, like the wheelchair you're saying it, yeah was it a dog in it's a wheelchair a, or something? a little boy oh. in a wheelchair who has a dog oh. who brings his dog to school <laughs> so 
<laughs> I forget the name of the book. But like he needs that, right? Yes. Like, because one day, one of the kids in his class is going to be a wheelchair exactly. user. Or going to be an amputee or something right. like that. And I don't want my kid to be an asshole. Right. And that's the thing. There's this pureness of kids. I think a lot of times it's just they have no idea. No idea. And that curiosity yeah. is what makes them. Ask. They have no fear a lot of times <laughs> and they have no idea so that they they are unafraid to ask the questions. Right. And for someone where that's potentially a, 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 you know, really personal area for them or a tough thing for them to kind of talk about, that can seem offensive when that's not the intention. Yeah. Yeah. So you're giving him the tools to be yes. able to walk into school and not even question it because yeah. it's like he's been reading that book and yeah. he knows what a wheelchair is and he knows you know he understands and yeah. it's not just like why are you in a wheelchair you know what I mean and then <laughs> yeah. the kids are like eh. exactly exactly it's, it's so smart and I love that and um now going into the courage campaign too I think that so much of what you're offering with this is the things we, we joke around now in our 30s, like, oh, we never learned that in school. Really, yeah. some of the things that aren't available to us, um, first and foremost, but also you're empowering these young minds. A lot of times we're talking about you get out of school and you try 50 different things to finally figure it out because oftentimes you don't think about it until you get there. And so you try one thing yeah. and then you're like, oh, wait, this stinks. Yeah. You're giving them so much um, power and so much, um, I think, you know, personal um, decision making skills yeah, and you're, you're able to give them this this like mindset of I, I can do anything and you're instilling in them such a young age where it doesn't have to be such a light bulb epiphany uh, yeah. you know later on in life it's like it's almost just always there it's this yeah. underlying thing where we don't get that enough as young kids no, you know we definitely don't and there aren't enough mental health services and there's not enough mm -hmm. wellness services, um, especially for kids um, who are in, you know, underfunded schools or who are in low income neighborhoods. Like they just don't have, right? Like a, a kid who's going to, you know, like Joseph Lee school is not going to have the same resources that a kid who goes to school in Wellesley. Like right. it's just like totally different and it shouldn't be, mm -hmm. right? It should not be so stark. Um, and, um, you know, knowing that, knowing that there is this disparity, right? You have to be able to, you have to be able to give kids the tools to mm -hmm. help themselves. And so like, if, you know, if a kid is, is more calm, for the rest of the day or more focused for the rest of the day because they sat with me and breathed for 10 minutes and just like had the space and felt safe and no one was making fun of them and it didn't matter where they were from or what clothes they were wearing or whatever like that matters that they can take that with them forever right and so for me I'm just trying to give things that like we have now like mm -hmm. that we have access to as 30 year olds and saying like you can do this you can totally do a sun salutation. I'm going to teach it to you and you're going to feel much better afterwards. Right. And like, Oh, what does this feel like? Does this feel like a stretch? Does this feel hard? Does it feel easy? Like all of those things, like they need language around that. Mm -hmm. And, and so they can also then if they find themselves in a situation where maybe they need a brain break or something like then they can advocate for themselves. They can raise their hand and say, I need to take a couple of breaths or I need to step out for a second or I need like it's just, 
you know, all of those kinds of things that are just really important, especially for kids who, um, again, don't have all of the resources there, you know, their moms aren't taking them the soul cycle. Right. right and so, right. Mm-hmm. so that's kind of also just my way of like helping the level of the playing mm-hmm. field. It's so small scale, but it it's matters, not, right? It's like not, it really isn't also time. I was actually listening to a podcast recently where they were talking a little bit about, um, sort of the way the the morals, the values, the things our parents instill in us and how that transpires in our way of thinking and our actions as we get older a lot too. And oftentimes, um, what you were saying, you know, if they get feel calm and they don't have the energy, there there's so many times where there's kids with ADHD, learning disabilities, um, any sort of you know um, trouble maybe with their emotions or behavior, acting out, where they get they get told, oh, they're just fresh, they're bad kids, right, 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 and right, they right. don't know it's because no one's doing that. Like I think a little bit extra effort right, sometimes right. realize they're not a bad kid, they're not totally no, disobeying they're you, but they're neurodivergent. Yeah, yeah, right. Like, and a lot of times things like that happen where there's maybe something bigger bigger going on, yeah. um, but it's not. It's not chipped away at enough to really uncover. But on the podcast, there was some study that they were talking about where um, they did this this survey, and it was parents and children who, in group one, and then another group, um, say group two, right? Group one, the parents during childhood, during their teen years, would say, you're such a good kid. You're so well-behaved. I hit the jackpot. You're you're so, um, you're, you know, you're so bright. You're so smart. You can do anything. I'm so lucky you're my child. The other one was like, why do you keep talking back to me? You're so fresh. Why are you acting out? Why did you come home late? And it was a lot more sort of, I guess, aggressive yeah. or um, blame placing yeah. on their parenting style. And in group one, you know, they they were like, the kids weren't always angels, but yeah. it was just sort of, the, it's the value of positive reassurance yeah. too. And that makes sense. it directly had an impact and a correlation to what the kids did after school, whether they went to get a, further their education, what they did for um, their career path, what their extracurricular yeah. activities were. And so it reminds me of the idea of like the way we speak to people, mm-hmm. we we almost speak things into existence sometimes yes. that aren't true. Yes. And there's such a responsibility on our parts to, to check that. Yeah. And you and because you, so many kids can't, right? Because they like you said, they don't have the language. They don't have the language. And, they haven't learned the skill. Yeah. And the difference that you can make is just monumental. Well, I mean, I have to bring it back to like two things, right? Like mm-hmm. one is self-care. Like I'm not teaching them to go out and get a manicure. I'm teaching mm-hmm. them how to regulate their nervous system, right? Mm-hmm. And so like going back to this idea that it can't be bought is, you know, like it's something that plays into the kids, right? Like I don't want them to think that their self-worth comes from a pair of Jordans. It doesn't. Mm-hmm. Um, and the other thing, it, it also comes back to like this idea of, you know, waiting to those of us who haven't done it yet and who have the choice, like waiting to get married and have kids, waiting until you have your own tool set of self-regulation and knowing how to navigate, right? Like difficult situations, like making sure, right? Like you kind of, if you have the choice to 
weight <laughs> to start a family and stuff like it matters because right like how you how you talk to your kids how you treat your kids like a lot of it has to do with how you were treated as a kid how stressed you are if you've been taking care of yourself if you've been sleeping sleeping have you had something to eat like all these things that dysregulate us like they they like play out in how our personal relationships and I so it's there's nothing happens in a vacuum. Everything is connected mm -hmm. from, I don't care if we're talking about DEI, if we're talking about wellness, if we're talking about, you know, how we treat other people, how we treat kids, how our teachers are burned out and overworked and all the things like it all comes back to all the same shit. Yeah. So, you know, it like, it matters that we pay attention. It matters that we are like doing, like doing the work, like doing our work, but mm -hmm. also like doing the work of like being of service because we are literally raising the next generation. Mm -hmm. It matters that they know that like we hit the jackpot with them, right? Yeah. That they are rock stars and like we're, we're there to support them. And so I just want to be a part of that. And I feel definitely different doing it as a mom. Cause I, now I'm just like, you're amazing. Just go out and be amazing. Like don't listen to anybody else. Listen to me. Like you're amazing. Like look just at that down dog. Yeah. That down dog is amazing. Oh my <laughs> like, gosh. You know, like <laughs> it's all good. It, I totally, totally get it. And I think, you know, this is of course not to say that you're going to hit a certain age and not make mistakes. And no, parents no, no, are always going to no, make mistakes, right? No. But kind of like what you said, I mean, just thinking about who I was at 27 to, tw to 32 now, I'm a whole new person. Yes, yes. So it's just sort of the idea of imagine how much more you could learn in even a short period of yeah, time and yeah, not, it's that. If, not rushing it if you don't have to right. and giving yourself the grace, being patient. I also think like there's so many people that are doing this inner child work and no, this yeah. shadow work yeah. now. Yeah. And it's People, you know, they're like my whole personality was about a trauma that I didn't even know that I yes. went through when I yes. was younger because I didn't have the tools, I didn't have the language, yep. and my memory, you know, yeah. I, I haven't and likely been able your to. Your parents probably right. didn't have the tools or the language right. either. But it just it goes to show. I think people are having breakthroughs so much later in life, where. Anytime you can get a breakthrough, take full I mean, advantage, yeah, you yeah. know what I mean? But it's just almost a shame, like, man, could we have gotten there quicker? Could yeah. we have gotten to this this point if um, we we had the resources and the tools? And, yes. and you are yes. making strides Thank in you. that area. And Thank it's you. very important. And we're very, very grateful for you. Oh, I appreciate that. Thank you. Thank <laughs> of you. course. Okay, I'm going to leave you with one last question. Okay. We've talked about a lot of different things. It can we be have. in relation to any of these topics. It can okay. be something totally new, general blanket statement. But I like to have each guest um, give us their one final piece of advice before we close oh. the show. Okay. It can be to women. It can be to younger Ashley. Mm -hmm. Something you wish you knew sooner. I mean... I wish I knew a lot of things sooner, yeah, but that, you know, it all, like, all day. it all got me to where I am now. So, um, I, yeah, my piece of advice is, um, be courageous. You know, you are, you, you have everything you need to get to where you want to go. And, you know, you are, you have to, you, Sometimes you just have to go for it. Sometimes you just have to 
do it through the fear. Sometimes you have to, you know, build your wings as you fly. Somehow, sometimes you have to trust that like your gut instinct is correct and not that you'll be without hardship, but what you need will be on the other side of that hardship. You know, like there are, there are so many of us who are just like boxed in, playing small, being small, people pleasers, especially, especially the girlies, like we have to, we have to stop this. We have to stop it for us. We have to stop it for our kids. We have to stop it for generations after us. Like we are, I want you to be done playing small. I want you to be fucking courageous and go out and live the life that you imagine for yourself. Boom. I love, you are so good with your words. You, you. I mean, it's Thank no you. surprise. I know you do this for a profession, but it, I mean, the way you say things and even just the, the, the vocabulary that you use, I feel like there's some, it's just, there's some, such a power and a special meaning to it. Um, it really resonates and it's, it's definitely something we all need a good reminder on. So Me thank, too. You. <laughs> thank, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. One more time. Your Instagram is black girl, magic, black mama. Girl magic mama. And is the Courage campaign just the Courage campaign? Yeah. So the Courage campaign is a little more complicated. It's at the dot courage dot campaign. So we put the periods in. Okay. Um, but you can you can find it on my page. So if you go to Black Girl Magic Mama, it's in my bio, or you can go to thecouragecampaign.com and it'll still mm-hmm. take you to our Insta if that's where you want to be. I'm plugging now. I was gonna say, is there like, yes. can we, where can we get involved? What can we do? What do you so need? So our so like definitely like if if anything is ever needed, um, like. Like specifically, I always post about it on Instagram. Like sometimes we need yoga mats or, you know, coats in the winter, mm-hmm. stuff like that for kids. But we do have a fundraiser coming up in November. I don't have a save the date yet, but it'll be out um, in on Insta in the next month or so. So keep an eye out for that. Um, it It's just like, you know, it's our one fundraiser a year you can donate or you can buy a ticket and come and hang out with us and we have live music and good food and all those things um but i would love if you just like if you just like kept up with all the crazy and like you know say hello in the dms like i love to i love to chat i love to um you know, definitely like if there are other moms out there who love complaining about their children and their husband, I'm the person for you. Like my DMs are open for that. Um, I also like love pet complaints too. If you have an annoying dog or cat or fish, like you can, a fish. I am the, I'm the friend that you can like scream at through the phone and be like, ah, I'm that girl for you. Cause you are a safe space. I'm That's safe why space. you really are. You I can hold space for you, man. You that. You would do that. <laughs> You're you. so kind. Thank you. Um, okay. So we will keep an eye out sometime in November. Yes. yes. Do you know, do you have a location? Do you know like whereabouts um, area wise? I, I like, it's not, the space isn't booked yet. Okay. So nothing. Nothing yet, but I like, Kind of, but I don't want to say it in Jason. Okay, it. yeah, yeah. So like, so, but but so, you'll know, you'll know soon. Yeah, perfect. <laughs> That's gonna give you all the more reason to make sure you're keeping a close attention. eye on it. Yes. Thank you so much for being Thank here. You for I had me. a blast with you. Same. This was a really good show. Yeah. I'm glad we got to talk about all this. Yeah. I would have you back any single time. Anytime. 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 Thank you guys for listening, and we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.